The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us as we finish out the week together. And I appreciate the privilege to be part of your day and hope that we can be a help as you're watching this or listening to this because we believe the Word of God is always an encouragement. The Bible, our theme verse here is it's a lamp unto our feet and to a light unto our path. And so we hope it's a help today. Today I want to start actually with the last verse we're going to look at in today's session. And what we're going to do is I'm going to look at what is probably, outside of things like John 3, 16, one of the most popular verses in Philippians. Um, and so it, now... Sometimes context completely changes when you look at a verse and then you look at context, you see I've been looking at that verse wrong. While this verse reflects a very specific thing that Paul's referencing, it's not limited to that. But Philippians 4.13, Paul says this, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Now he's referencing contentment. We're going to see here in just a moment. But that's how he finishes this. He goes, I can do all things. Now, I, why do I say it's not limited to simply this context? Well, the word all. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what he's referring there. So he starts with this. He's saying one of the ways that we are able to overcome the worry that comes in life is because we have Jesus. So he's talked about anxiety. He's talked about giving it to God in prayer. He's talked about trusting in God. He's talked about making sure you're thinking is heading the right direction because the wrong thinking is damaging and you can't if you're going to focus on the wrong thing you're going to result in these things and so he says talk about following his example and examples of men like him men and women like him now he continues and he kind of leans into verse 10 uh, changing kind of talking a little bit about what he has learned and and doing this teaching other people what they can learn as well he says in verse 10 he said but i rejoiced in the lord greatly that now at the last, your care of me hath both has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, ye lacked opportunity. And I say, what in the world is he talking about here? Remember something that, again, house arrest was different, as he was really kind of in house arrest with the royal um, people, royal, royal family or the royalty in the palace or in a section of it, whatever. Uh, he wasn't in prison per se, but he was limited. But when he was in, in normal prison those days, the government didn't feel the necessity to take, keep, take care of people. So it was the responsibility of those who knew that prisoner to take care of them. If they starved in prison, it wasn't the government's fault, it was the family's fault. And so they would, uh, and he was not to mention if he wanted to be able to write, if he wanted to do this work, the government wasn't going to provide. It was the, you know, the Roman government. They weren't going to provide this for him. So what happened was, and when he came to time of need, financial and physical things of that nature, uh, it came from his church family. And in this situation, he's bragging on the church of Philippi. He says again, once again, it's not your last care. It's flourished again. What was happening was the Church of Philippi was taking up missions offerings, or whatever you want to say. They were collecting finances and, and physical things and then sending it uh, to Paul. In, in this great need. Now, in a little bit, we'll talk, he'll give more detail about that in a little bit. The focus of this is not them giving, the focus is his response to this. So he says, it's flourished to me. You have given to me, because you were not careful. You, you wanted to do more, but you lacked opportunity. Now, some of it, the ability to get the stuff to Paul, some of it was, we didn't have them, they didn't have what, what was needed, what they wanted to be able to give. He says, but I want to encourage, this is the thinking he wants us to look at, verse 11. He said, listen, not that I speak in respect of why, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, not that I'm asking you. I'm not telling you this because I'm trying to manipulate more out of you. I'm not saying I need more, I want more. He goes, I've learned to be content wherever God has me. Then he says, I know how both 
I know how, both how to be abased and how to abound. I know uh, in everywhere, in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So Paul really establishes here a section of contentment. Now, one of the things he really wants us to see, he says, he goes, I have learned um, whatsoever state I am to be content. I've learned to be a base, very, very simple, and I've learned to abound. He, I've learned to live with very little, and I've learned to be okay with a lot. He said, I have learned that if God has given me the minimal, I'm okay with that. But if God's given me more, well, I'm not controlled by that. Because a lot of times we are controlled by our finances. We view God's goodness and ourselves as, well, we, we don't have money. God must hate me. I'm wealthy. God must love me. Uh, I'm poor. I need God. I'm rich. I don't need God. Our financial circumstance, if we're not careful, can really establish our relationship with God, and it shouldn't be. He said, listen, I have learned that whether I have minimal, just enough to live, or I have plenty. I've learned to be okay with that. He said, I have learned that that's okay. He's, um, I've been, and he goes, in all things, I've instructed. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to bound to suffer need. He goes, the thinking is the material answers of the world will not solve my problem. I, I, at the same time, I'm full and hungry, which means I'm okay with what I have. I don't sit there saying, man, I wish I had more. This is not fair. Uh, bound in a suffer need. When things are bad or good, th these things do not affect my direction. And that's the key to contentment. It goes back to a mindset. It goes back to not being anxious. This is all the same context. I need to be anxious for nothing. I need to have the right thinking. I need to have good examples. And he goes, and then what I do is I just need to learn to be content. One of the reasons that we... Um, as Americans are probably worse than this than most, but one of the reasons that we in our culture today struggle, we get irritated at God, is not because we don't have our needs met, we just don't have our wants met. So we run to passages like God said, I'll supply, you know, he'll give us the desires of our heart. And he goes, well, God, there's an awful lot of things I want you haven't given. You have, you've, you, you're not following that scripture. Well, if you think, if you're going to take that scripture to say you want a, a bigger house and more money and a nicer car, um, well, frankly, you don't fully understand the context of that passage. And again, it's dangerous just to take one verse and say, I'm going to create an entire opinion off something in one verse. Remember, they're, they're not verses, they're letters, they're longer thoughts. Uh, Proverbs is one of the few where you can take small sections out and look at that. So you have to understand all of what's being said there. But Paul is simply stating here contentment. He's simply stating that I have learned. Now, I like the fact that he said, I have learned. This is not natural. This is not something where I wake up today and say, you know what, no matter how the day goes, I'm fine. Uh, that's not a natural thing. Our human side is very selfish. The flesh side that we brought into salvation, we didn't get rid of before we got Jesus. Um, that part, it doesn't go away. And it is insanely selfish. And it wants more and more and more. Some people come to what they think is religion with the idea that God will give them more. Some people say, well, I do. This is the problem I have with the workspace religion. I do and I do and I do and I do all these good things. And then God has to give me or God has to put me in heaven. Who do we think we are? To think that I do good enough, God has to put me in heaven. That is, that is very humanistic. It's very arrogant. That's not it. Uh, it. If God has given us, it's grace of God. It's God's gracious, grace and mercy and long-suffering that allows me to have heaven. Not my goodness. Oh, wow, it's humanistic at its core. But that's the thinking, and that's why people run to that works-based thing. I'm good enough. God has to accept me. It really becomes about me. Christianity is about Jesus and about Christ alone. So I worship him and I love him because there's nothing I can do to receive, to achieve any of these things or even receive it. They're given to me by grace. 
So I learned through Christianity. Paul says, I have learned this. This is something that, and by the way, you say, okay, I'll be content as soon as God kind of forces me to be content. There's not some magic trick where you wake up and God fixes a part of your brain and you're content all of a sudden. Contentment is learned. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, we've, I've heard this phrase. It kind of flows through social media. You know, when I prayed for God for courage, he gave me places to show courage. When I prayed, for God, prayed to God for patience, he gave me situations where I can be patient. When I prayed for wisdom, he gave me circumstances where I could learn wisdom. There's not just poof and I have a magical thing and I move on. God will put me in circumstances to teach me to be content. And that's what I do. I get in the circumstance and I say, okay, I love God. I know God's got the best. So in this circumstance, like it or not, I will be content where I'm at. Now, can I make one final thought in this? This is talking about material contentment. This is not talking about um, spiritual indifference. You see, sometimes in our Christian life, we do this. Um, we've not really grown a whole lot. We're not seeing answers to prayer. We're not really seeing people saved. No big deal. Well, I gotta be content. That's not what he's talking about here because there's no more passionate Christian than Paul. What we're saying is this is materially. If we cannot be content in the physical realm where we have, serving God and the others won't work. So this is not, well, if God doesn't want to do anything great in my life, I'll be fine and we just kind of just ditch on God. No, I, I should never be satisfied where I am in Christ growing. I'm content where I'm at with always the desire to see God do more. There's a difference between contentment and indifference. Don't let it turn into that. Uh, and may we keep our eyes on Jesus to be content where we are in our season of life, in our finances, and all those different things. Do our part. Again, this is our part first. Then we content where God has us. And then we see what God has next. That contentment is important. It's a learned thing. It's important. And may that be something that we are able to hold. And how do we do it? You know why, you know why he finishes with the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me? Because we can't do this on our own. Contentment is not a natural human thing. It's something we learn in our time with God. So may you continue to strive and allow God to teach this to you. Embrace the opportunities so we can learn to accept what God has and strive to learn the contentment that he speaks about in these verses. Thanks for joining us again today at This Week. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Thanks for joining us throughout the week. Hope you come back next week and join us as we finish out the book of Philippians, and then we'll decide where we're going to move on from then. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to, we'll look forward to seeing you again next time.